Like most of the work I've I've gone in, like I've been stoked on, was from me reaching out to people. Because yeah. a lot a lot of times brands want to work with like small creators, but how can you find like those small creators? Like there's no real way to like finding them. It's not like a Craig like finding them on Craigslist or something. Yeah. You can't just look that up. I feel yeah. like just putting yourself out there will will make you successful. Welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host Dave Mays, and we're here in the Polar Pro Studio. Today's episode was a real joy for me to do with Benoit Lalande. Benoit goes by Ben for us Americans who can't speak French. Ben is really an up and coming filmmaker who's really made a name for himself on Vimeo through a recent staff pick that he's gotten. If you aren't familiar with how Vimeo works, a staff pick is almost like winning an independent award or something like that. It's a really big honor and it's a way for you to get a lot of work. You can use it in your portfolio to get more work. I got one of these, about six years ago for a video that I made. So I was able to relate with Ben on that level and it's really exciting to see his career grow. If you haven't seen his work, then I highly recommend checking out his Vimeo page. It's just vimeo.com slash his name, which you can see in the title of this episode. Even if you're not a filmmaker, there's a lot to learn in my conversation with Ben. So without any further ado, let's listen in on the interview with Benoit. So we like to start out with the podcast with a little game called Rapid Fire. I'm just going to ask you uh, one word answer questions and uh, just answer as quickly as possible. Okay. All right. So where are you from? Quebec. How old are you? 21. What do you study in school? Marketing. Canada or California? Uh, California. Ooh. Burn people <laughs> home that are listening. <laughs> Favorite place you've traveled to? Indonesia. Would you rather film an action sports project or cinematic commercial piece? Uh, cinematic and commercial piece for sure. Go-to camera? Uh, red right now, Scarlet W. How would you describe your film style in one word? Um, simple. Ooh, I like that. So I did a little research before you came on the show and I checked out your Vimeo page, which is just your name. You know, Vimeo.com slash Benoit Lalanda. Lalande. Yeah. Lalande. Sorry. Gosh. <laughs> it's all good. I, I'm so American. <laughs> um, but anyways, I definitely encourage anybody that's listening to this podcast, go check him out um, on his Vimeo page. Uh, you got a staff pick. I did. Tell me about that story, Nomad. Yeah. Uh, it's a film that is only two minutes long, but it incorporates a lot of great uh, kind of mixed media, different elements. You've got the... Um, your kind of signature thing with the, uh, what is it? Like the very first shot has the, Oh, the split screen, the split screen, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I've seen you do a couple times. Yep. Uh, that's the only time it's used though, I think. Right. Yeah. In the intro, but still, um, it, it's kind of a culmination of a lot of the th styles and things that you've done in the past and it's put in together, put together in one film, yep. which is really cool. Um, I, also have a staff pick on my Vimeo page yeah. and it really like changed my life. I'm really curious to hear about your story with getting a staff pick. And if anybody's, if anybody's listening to this, who isn't familiar with like Vimeo and how this works, it's a like, big deal. It's a huge deal. Like you don't really get a lot of views on Vimeo compared to YouTube because there's just not a lot of people on Vimeo. Uh, but the, the people that are there, I, I like to say are like worth more. You know what I mean? Like each, yeah, for sure. each view that you get 
is worth more than a thousand views on YouTube. Hundred um, percent. Because the people watching these films on Vimeo are filmmakers, yeah, or producers, or directors, people who are looking for talent to hire to do projects. And uh, I had a staff pick about six years ago. What project was it? It's called Porcelania. It was a. It was kind of like a mini doc um, that I made about my great uncle who does nice. uh, porcelain and different things. And Philip Bloom tweeted it, and that's how, that's how I got a staff mm. pick. But it was a lot of fun to make. This was you know six years ago, back when Vimeo was a little bit more popular than it is now yeah. unfortunately See, but it's funny i can't because you could pinpoint what kind of led you to like getting that staff pick i can't really like i, I don't yeah i, I just don't, got an email yeah i, I mean well somebody uh, at vimeo saw it yeah yeah the main guy uh ian durkin mm-hmm. legend by the way um <laughs> <laughs> um i saw he commented on the video like three weeks after i posted it and mm-hmm. like the first couple days and weeks after we posted the video like i'm not gonna lie i was like a little bummed on on how on the feedback we got like it was all it was all really really good but it was we got like 40 likes on vimeo and i was just like man like that's kind of a bummer and then he commented on the video like three weeks after it got posted and i was just like a little bit confused as to why like he Mm -hmm. was just commenting like three weeks after the release of the video so i guess he saw the video and like two or three weeks after that we I randomly got an email that it got staff big. Nice. So it, yeah, it was it was crazy. And so now it's up to twenty two thousand views on Vimeo, which yep. is like a ton for Vimeo. Yeah, and it just reached a uh, thousand likes yesterday. Which oh, is, that's legit. Yeah. yeah, I see that. And you posted this two months ago. Yeah. So how like has it? Have you gotten any calls? Has it led to anything at all yet? Um, other than the like legitimate. Uh, badge that you get on yeah there. <laughs> um i mean I, I definitely got like more um like well-known um filmmakers in the industry like following me and like yeah. messaging me like and saying like wow like that was crazy like i, I really want to stay in touch with you yeah. and probably work with you in the future but Good. Not, like i i didn't really get an email from like a specific company saying like oh we just sure. saw your staff pick and we really want to work with you yeah. now but it'll it'll uh, happen yeah yeah but Either, also, also, you can use it as ammo when you're pitching gigs too. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I was gonna say. I think um, a big thing for filmmakers, I think now, is getting repped by agencies yeah. uh, worldwide. And I, I think having that staff pick is always huge in, yeah. in getting those uh, those deals. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. Yeah. Thank you. Congrats for your cool. staff. Pick. Oh yeah. Thanks. When yeah, was, was yours? Six years ago. Oh. Yeah. So I got um, a call. A couple, probably like two months after the staff pick, uh, from an unrecognized number, and it w- it said London. I was like, "What?" And so I answered it, and it was like, "Hey, uh, this is so and so, producer for the agency that's working with Google to do some commercials. We're referencing your video as like what we want our commercial to look like, and we figured we'd just reach out to you and see if you would be interested in doing a treatment and like putting nice. together something. I think I was like maybe I think it was twenty or nineteen years old." when that happened and I ne- had no experience with treatments or directors or anything. I never directed anything before. It was all just weddings and like events and stuff. Right. And so I like really went crazy. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I reached out to my friend, uh, Seth Worley. He's a filmmaker. He works for red giant. Does, okay. He does like films. Um, more like VFX, like CGI's. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's the, the the way I know about Red Giant is um, he's done all these films: Spy vs. Guy, mm. Tempo, 
um, all these different things. And yeah, the way I know about Red Giant is because they make magic bullet looks, which yeah. I've been using for like yeah. like eight years. <laughs> You're still <laughs> yeah, using it? Yeah, 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 still using it's legit, it. Like the, the whole Nomad video that we were just talking about uh -huh. was like 100% great no in magic bullet, yeah. You should send it over to them. They would probably share it. Yeah, yeah, I should definitely do that. But uh, he is just an established director and he lived in Nashville, which is where I used to live. And he helped me write a treatment and I ended up not getting the gig. They went with like some guy that had like 30 years of experience. They've worked with before, like totally the logical pick. But the producer told me that it, it was, they had five directors and they narrowed it down to uh, two. And I was one and the the other guy was the other one. They went with him. Okay. So he's like, you should just be like proud that you got this far. Like we loved your treatment. It was a great idea, but this guy's more experienced, you know? And Makes sense. that moment though for me was like a big moment, even though I didn't land the gig, uh, which would have been a half a million dollar commercial project, which would have oh. been insane. Um, <laughs> I kind of realized I should take myself seriously. And I started like directing stuff and calling myself a director and a filmmaker. For sure. And then I became a YouTuber and now I don't call myself a filmmaker anymore. <laughs> yeah, but, that's uh, good. Um, <laughs> I, I was just talking to one of my buddies, Cameron Gould. I don't know if you know about him. He mm -hmm. shot a lot of stuff for uh, Deus, you know, you know the, the mm -hmm. Moto surf brand. Um, he, after I got the staff pick, he called me and he was like, wow, man, like congrats and stuff. Yeah. Um, but he was saying that I should, I should um, use that momentum from the staff pick and just all that um, feedback from like Vimeo and all these people to to kind of do like more with yeah. with all that like it like could be either reaching out to uh, like rep uh, agencies or, yeah. or companies to get contracts and stuff uh, just yeah. kind of using that momentum totally to the staff pick yeah. you should I mean it's a valuable thing again if you're not familiar with like the way Vimeo works and stuff like this is kind of like almost uh, indie it's like a Sundance on the internet kind of a thing like I, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't put it that high up yeah maybe not that high up but like yeah that's like the biggest it's like award being on, you could get on the internet yeah possibly. as a filmmaker yeah, yeah yeah the biggest award would be getting on trending on YouTube but and sure. having like uh, yeah three million views see I, I don't really like use YouTube as much as as Vimeo like I'm uh -huh. I'm on Vimeo every day just looking at oh, inspiration really? yeah yeah that's so good just looking at inspiration and stuff camera and, tests <laughs> yeah no or, or yeah that too but mostly just like commercials and stuff and I, I organize it um, in like different lists so like I have like a commercial list and then or like a they call it um, a collection of videos so it's like uh -huh. a, a folder uh, so I have like a commercial folder and then an another one that's like surfing and stuff. So I always uh, watch Inspo and like put it in those folders. And uh, whenever I need to like put together a mood board or like get inspiration yeah. for an another video, I'll, I'll go back to those folders and be like, oh, this video is like perfect yeah, totally. inspiration for what I want to show. That's right amazing. Now. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad we have you on the podcast because honestly, I can relate to you more than a lot of the guests that we have on here. A lot of the guests we have are like, big uh, Instagrammers and influencers mm. and stuff. I have like 3000 followers on Instagram and I don't even like really use it very much. I'm a YouTuber so I can relate to YouTubers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. my true kind of like original love was Vimeo and like, um, you know, obviously the stuff pick that I had really influenced my work. I realized like when I started doing YouTube that I loved that more. I liked being solo and I liked doing whatever I wanted and there was a way bigger like market for making a living just doing that 
Whereas doing the commercial stuff, you're still having to answer to like producers. And even if you have this great creative vision or idea, like often they don't want to do it exactly the way you want. Uh, so that's why you see so many director's cuts on Vimeo. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, which are arguably like better than yeah. Than the, the main often piece. they yeah. are. Um, but yeah, so I'm stoked to like get into the nitty gritty with you on For everything. Sure. But let's start off with like how you started. You're young. You're still in school. I mean, yeah. I again I can relate a lot to you. I started when I was 17. So tell me your story and how you started in Canada. Obviously. Yeah. So. Um, when I was about 12, 13, I started shooting like skateboarding videos with my friends, just like on a shitty little point and shoot camera that was probably like two or three megapixels or something. Like a point and sh- like literally a picture camera, not a camcorder. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like the, that was like super thin. Like a little power and- shot or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and just like just doing edits and like Movie Maker and stuff on yeah. my little like computer. And then uh, super random, but I started playing like call of duty and um, yeah. just playing like video games and stuff and i i went down the like video video editing route within that realm of like video games and stuff and i was for like three three or four years i was editing call of duty footage and wow. i actually i actually ended up gathering like Thirty-five thousand subscribers on my YouTube uh-huh. from editing the those Call of Duty videos. That was a whole huge niche, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was using like Element 3D from like Video Copilot and like using After Effects. Like I I knew After Effects so good back then. Like I I was probably better at After Effects back then than I am now. Yeah, like, it's that's a like, skill you have to. It's yeah. like working out. Yeah, that's all I was doing back then. And like keep in mind, I was probably like fourteen. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's like all I was doing. Like uh, I was awesome. just like at home editing videos and stuff and then um like towards the end of high school i i, I kind of stopped doing that and uh started being interested by like action sports and surfing and stuff and actually started surfing so me and my family would drive down to maine so quebec is like right above maine mm-hmm. so we drive to like york beach which is about like six hours away from my hometown and that's like the main surf spot that's like the closest to my place wow. um started surfing there and then started making like a couple edits with like gopros and stuff and then um a year later me and my dad uh, came to california i did this uh vfx summer camp at uh i can't remember the name of the school but they're like a pretty uh usc no it's like a like it's it's like a vfx school in, oh. in hollywood i uh, can't remember the name but yeah uh we're working on like uh autodesk maya and yeah. just all those like crazy softwares cinema 40 and all yeah that. yeah yeah and then i came back to to canada and i had to apply to like uh, so it's it's a little funny in in quebec you you go you don't go straight to university after high school you, you go to like community college it's mm-hmm. called cigep um and then instead because it's socialized right? yeah something like it's paid that. for um is it I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I know you have I, social health care, but you don't. Yeah. I haven't been to that community college. I wouldn't know. But basically, instead of applying to, to that community college, I started applying to schools in California because I liked it so much when I went. Yeah. And my parents were extremely supportive, and I was, like, stoked on that. And then... Nice. Um, super weird. I got my acceptance letter at Long Beach State the day before uh, I graduated from high school. Nice. And after that... Um, I don't know. I, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> so you, I, just, I, I, you just told all your friends, guess what? I'm going <laughs> to Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then I came out here, didn't know anyone. Um, my dad dropped me off like at the dorms and stuff. And like, obviously we'd been like hanging out for like a week prior, but 
dropped me off with all my stuff there and it's yeah. like all right well here you go say goodbye <laughs> you're an adult now <laughs> yeah it's weird isn't it like when you reach that point and especially for you you literally packed up and moved to a different country yeah uh and yeah i mean that's crazy just yeah. to be thrown into it yeah how's yeah. your experience been so far i mean you're obviously almost done with school now yeah i'm taking my last class at long beach state right that's now awesome. uh, was I, it worth it uh, I would say so, yeah. 100%. Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say the, the actual education that I got was, like, amazing. Like, I, I think, I mean, unless you go to, like, a crazy school and you're doing, like, a uh, like medical program or something, sure. I think you could learn a lot. But, I mean, I'm doing marketing, and I, I definitely learn, like, a, some stuff from, like, the, like, in terms sure. of, like, business and stuff. But um, I, I feel like... It brought you here. That's the best part. Yeah. So, that, so that's kind of <laughs> where I was getting to. Like, yeah. Um, I, I think m most of what I learned was from just coming out here and hanging out with just like building a network and just doing all the practical stuff, not necessarily like the theory behind, behind it. Yeah. All. So tell me about like when the switch happened, when you were going from just shooting GoPro stuff, surfing to like starting taking uh, filmmaking seriously. Yeah. Um, my first year... I so like I said I didn't know anyone at Long Beach State and I was dorming and um, I guess like there's always a bunch of clubs at school mm -hmm. and there was a surfing club and back then I had this massive housing for my GH4 um, it's like a dive housing like you're not supposed to take that out like in waves and stuff mm -hmm. and I, I, I had like it was just a super kooky housing and I was just like it was like like 20 pounds and just like uh -huh. super heavy and I was swimming uh, like in the ocean with it with like the the surf team and like getting shots of them and then started like making videos with them and then one of my buddies knew this one uh, company called Seeger. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're, yeah. they're in Costa Mesa uh -huh. um, and I I linked up with them and started shooting stuff for them. Yeah, exactly. So I so um, I, I'll play the video in the video podcast uh, as we talk about it. If you want to watch the visuals while we talk, go to polarprofilters.com slash golden hour. You can watch the video right now. Uh, but I'll play the summer trunks one as we talk about it. I watched it um, before you came in today. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, you made this about a, you made this one a year ago. Really? Um, that was a year ago? That's what it says. Seems like so long ago. But uh, th this was kind of, was this one of your first commercial gigs here? Or um, is this? Maybe not. So th there is other videos that aren't on my Vimeo anymore. I, I, gotcha. they're, they're like on private. This is literally the oldest video on your Vimeo. Yeah. But like, it, like if I were to unprivate all the videos on my Vimeo, there would be videos from like, like eight years ago sure. or something. So, and I, I think it's like a really important to like keep your Vimeo up to date. Like mm -hmm. uh, that's something I realized like throughout this whole process is like, if you keep really old work where you like, really don't have the same level you're at right now like it's i feel like i don't know people will look at that and yeah exactly people will look Your at image. that and, yeah vimeo is more of a portfolio page than a like documentary yeah like, exactly uh, documenting your career it's not yeah. like instagram yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like a full-on portfolio or even youtube yeah. yeah but i guess like um i started shooting for seager like my first and second year of college and then i was also doing a lot of travel videos so there is this travel agency from back home uh that does a lot of trips like worldwide and uh i guess my first like real project that didn't have anything to do with surfing and that was more like commercial was with the travel agency and i went to indo for the first time ever with them they just like flew me out there and were like oh like we need a video for this trip we're doing and i did it and it it 
I don't know. It was super fun. So there's a, there's a style to your work um, that, like you mentioned when we were doing the rapid fire, you said clean is always simple. Yeah. Or simple. Um, that's totally on brand for your, your work, especially on uh, Instagram. You can yeah. really see it on Instagram. When you say simple, that is so true here on Instagram. I'm just scrolling your feed and um, you're using a lot of negative space in your images. Yep. Um, and uh, even a lot of black and white, which you don't see that often on Instagram. Uh, I kind of like your attitude. You're clearly not trying to be like Mr. Influencer. No, you're just (laughs) you're just putting like beautiful pictures out and treating it like, uh, you know, a photo wall as it should be. Yeah. Um, I feel like for the the first few years I was taking photos and like I was on Instagram and stuff like I would say probably like my first like two or three years of college. I was really trying to like figure out what style I wanted to pursue and like what what I liked in terms of photography and I I feel like there's no better way to do that than to like shoot a bunch and like post it on Instagram and see how it does and see how you like it yeah and I was always like experimenting with different styles and stuff and I like for a while I felt like I I couldn't really like nail down like what my style was and then I took six months off um, of school um, like a year ago or so and just started shooting more and more and linking up with more and more people and eventually I kind of um, narrowed down my style to kind of what you see now, just like simple. really simple photos um, that just capture like a, a very like similar emotion. And, and it just, I like to keep that emotion like throughout my whole feed kind of. I love it. Um, and that Nomad video we were just talking about um, was, I, I'd been wanting to make a video like that for years. Mm-hmm. And I, I, for a while, I, I felt like my, my videos weren't really like uh, consistent with my uh, photo style Mm. and this nomad project really um, allowed me to to kind of portray that photo style that I have and that I like in video Um, what was nomad made for so my buddy Alex Smith um, like he kind of has this crazy creative uh, like vision at all times and he's always trying to do like like kind of push the envelope uh and like surfing and and, and stuff like he he's basically a professional surfer from hawaii Mm -hmm. um and he always wants to make these like crazy videos and has like like basically his inspo for the videos he wants to make have nothing to do with surfing like he'll show me like a travis scott video and i'm like i'm like wow okay like what kind of in like what what should i take uh, in terms of inspo from this video but I think it's it's really cool to work with someone who isn't really limited to just one industry who yeah. wants to kind of take elements from different industries and kind of that's cool apply that to the surfing industry. They always say a uh, good artist steal. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's I, I felt so um, in tune with like uh, my creative vision and I don't know, it really allow me to like just put something together that I, I've. I'd been wanting to do for a while so so i'm gonna we haven't done this in the podcast before but with your permission can we play your video in the video podcast right now yeah 100 percent. okay so if you're listening to the audio again go check out polarprofilters.com slash golden hour and watch the video it's only two minutes walk me through the first shot um this is all in hawaii right yeah so i mean what was it like first off shooting in hawaii 
Um, was that your first time? No, that was my third time. Okay, so Hawaii. you're already a veteran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but that was my first time, like, hanging out with someone who's, like, local to the place and yeah. knew all these, like, secret spots. Like, this place where we're shooting, like, with the palm trees and stuff, like, uh-huh. it's it's not, like, a, a mainstream spot, like a touristy spot. It's yeah, like, it looks like it's in the middle of the forest. Yeah, yeah, like. exactly. And one thing that you guys probably, if you watch the video, in the video portion, uh, the the audio, I mean, we all know this, like some of the best work on Vimeo has incredible ADR and like uh, sound effects and things. What's your process like when you're looking for music, when you're looking for ADR? Do you capture stuff on location? Um, do you do stuff in post? Yeah, so I mean, it really depends on the project, but this video is like the audio comes 100% from like outside sources like it's all done in post yeah uh, i have the subscription with this website and what's the it, website it's sound snap it's like 15 dollars a month or something nice. and it's like a massive bank of sound effects and you could just like look up a word and like there's like a whole list of wow. of sound effects that pop up so so like i, I want to sound of like a, a wave breaking or like a just like the ocean from like a, a distance or something like they, they have well, like, all these different variations for like the same right sound kind right of. here there's a yeah like right there doing that zoom it sounds like a electronic zoom effect or yeah something. yeah like, kind of so i don't know what that was but it sounded awesome yeah i don't even know what it is like myself but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, like it i really like you like you looking up weird sounds and trying to like experiment w- with them yeah because yeah. i when i'm watching this it seems really it's like an organic video there's no technology in it yeah but that sound is a tech technology yeah, yeah, sound yeah, yeah for and sure. so it's a cool just to, uh it's a cool blend because yeah when i saw that shot it looks like a shot of the earth from a satellite for a second <laughs> but then you're like oh it's just a like a drone, a drone shot, shot yeah. of the ocean and, but it looks like those could be clouds and then this could be the world true so like yeah. <laughs> my, when i watched this film before you got in here um i was like wow that's like a satellite because it sounds like a satellite zooming yeah, in or something. I don't for know. Sure, but I guess what I was gonna say about the whole audio process. Yeah, is yeah. Sorry. I, I have a bunch of buddies who use like Ableton. Do you know about Ableton? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's how this, Skrillex makes music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and have this whole like workflow, like about how they like uh, like do sound and like just post production and stuff. But like my workflow when it comes to sound is just super quirky. It's just like literally import the sounds in Premiere and then drop it on the, on the timeline and like adjust the volume levels and sometimes yeah. do like a like a basic reverb or something and like add like a single band compressor or something but like that's it like yeah i, I won't go super deep into it and like like add all these effects and use different softwares and stuff like that's it like i'll just download the the sounds from a website yeah. and import well maybe it. one day if you have a budget just hire someone and do all that no right? yeah for sure so <laughs> yeah that's the goal um so we'll keep watching through here again um so what did you shoot on? That was all shot on the A6500. It's incredible, guys. Anybody that's listening to this right now and is complaining about gear, <laughs> just know that Ben is shooting this staff winning, staff pick winning film that looks like a freaking red on an A6500. It's all about lighting. Yeah. So tell me about that. Are you are you kind of obsessed with like picking the right time of day? Yeah, I, I'm trying. I mean, you'll see in this video that everything we shoot is either at sunset or sunrise, except the the shots underwater, which like light. You always want like um, like midday lighting for that because um, 
the deeper you go, the less light there is. So you just want like a ton as of much. light go, uh, coming into the, like the water. So that's a good way to break up your day because you, yeah, you exactly. start in the morning, you shoot underwater in the middle of the day, and yeah. then you end it at night. Exactly, yeah. So, we, yeah. Um, so basically that whole project was shot over the course of f five days. Um, and every morning we'd wake up, go for a serve session. I'd be in the water shooting. And midday we'd hang out, shoot stuff like underwater, like those portraits that you'll see a little bit later in the video. That's all shot like midday. Um, we, and then there's the one shot of the turtle here yeah, at that's 35 midday. seconds. And yeah. that was dope. Um, yeah. So I don't know every, so we have this whole schedule. Like even the like underwater surfer jumping in the water thing, is that midday? This? Yeah. 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 Um, it's so crazy because it looks like nighttime because it's yeah kinda, it's so dark yeah well it, it might have been like like later in the day maybe like two or three but definitely like wasn't sunset like this is like midday for sure oh sweet. Um, what i like about this portrait shot is how it, if you play there's like a um like the texture of the water is like uh moving the light rays like around his alex's face and uh -huh. it's just like like i don't know yeah it's perfect i mean it's amazing it it almost looks like uh, it doesn't look real. I mean, it, it looks like it could be a guy on a green screen or something. <laughs> Obviously, it's not. But. Yeah. Um, and this whole trip, like, we had a, a shot list and... Um, Love the song. Is yeah, that the same song? Yeah. It's just got, like, a crazy break yeah, on it? Yeah, It's like this indie rock song, and then it just drops, like, out of nowhere, which I really liked. Uh, but, yeah, what I was going to say is we had a shot list going into this trip, um, and... and kind of had this whole schedule and every day like we only had five days and every day we were just like on it like trying to shoot all these different things because it was like such a quick trip yeah um and i mean I, I was pretty stoked on like how it all came out like after the trip i didn't know we had like like it's weird like when i shoot something i'm just so like in the moment shooting that after like a, a week of uh like a week after that shoot i i didn't even remember like all the shots we'd gotten like i, I didn't think we'd be able to make something like this but then just kind of editing and like through the editing process and stuff you kind of find these like just gems like in the the shots yeah. and stuff and it like, can kind of write itself in yeah, post. yeah exactly um so what made you think to do a blend of black and white you don't see that very often yeah um so kinda, it, it works yeah kind of going back to my instagram style a little bit i love black and white it's just it's got such a unique style to it especially when you really crush the blacks like it just well that's one thing i notice about this film is the blacks are crushed and it looks amazing yeah, like it you. makes the it looks it makes it not look like a sony you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. like i watch your stuff and i wouldn't like sony kind of has this like ugly look to it often and that's why a lot of people like to shoot on canon or like yeah. fuji or whatever uh, but your Sony stuff doesn't look like Sony stuff. Thank like you. <laughs> the way you're, I guess it's the way you're grading it. Yeah, Obviously, for sure. Of course, the way you're shooting as well. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're crushing the blacks. Yeah, crushing the blacks, and I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I really like the the whole vibe of black and white. It just makes for like a mysterious look, kind of. Yeah. Um, and a lot of our inspiration had. Uh, a lot of black and white sequences and we really wanted to like recreate that so nice yeah was there a film shot in there or is that just an effect or something? like a like a super eight shot yeah right there yeah that's super eight okay so i just paused the frame again if you're not watching the video go check it out but uh so did you bring a super eight camera with you i did yeah so oh, i have sweet. this 
it's the only waterproof Super 8 camera ever made. Um, and I always bring that one on trips with me and I always try to use it and like get just a couple clips here and there that I could kind of mix and match with digital footage. And, and I really like how that looks because you're kind of switching or like going from like a, like a 16 by nine aspect ratio to like a four by three, which is, I don't know, it just that movement kind of makes it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really like that look. That's so cool. And yeah, I mean, it's like, who does that for one second of a frame, you know? Yeah. And then, so you're doing some crazy effects there, like yeah, inverting I, it, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you added a square to it, yeah. like <laughs> super, a cheetah, a cheetah running. <laughs> um, yeah, a, a lot of it is actually like really simple. All I did was for those effects is I used a film burn and I um, mess with the blending options and yeah. it, it kind of um, like inverts the colors of like the oranges and, and the reds of that film burn kind of turn into like a pink and like a light blue and stuff. So it just makes for this trippy effect. And then wh when you only have that film burn for like half a second, it just, I don't know. It just makes magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this shot here uh, that we're looking at, this is the thumbnail of the video. Yeah, the cover shot. Uh, this is a, is that him just yeah. snorkeling? Yeah, so just like going back up on the yeah. surface. Yeah, but it just looks so cool. Thank you. The bubbles and stuff. I feel like a lot of those shots, like obviously we had a shot list, but we weren't really like... Yeah, you weren't planning it. Yeah, exactly. Was this yeah. film here? No, that's just, just like a film effect. grain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of those shots kind of just... Like I, I would figure out like which way to like shoot and... Alex would like swim one way and I'd be like, Oh, like do that again. And yeah, I don't know. Everything was improvised. Yeah, much. yeah, exactly. There was a reverse there. You reversed it. Yeah. Underwater shot. You know, it's cool. You, you didn't do all these trippy effects until the, the drop happened. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. Like it, it makes sense. You know? Yeah. You inverted the colors of that. Yeah. Is that film? Yeah. That's so cool. Pink palm trees. Was that just 60 frames per second or do you do like Twixter slow-mo kind of stuff or what? Uh, I only use the, I don't do Twixter or anything. It's, I, uh, I just use uh, 120 frames a second. Oh yeah. So the camera does like 120. Slow. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Well done. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah guys, that was a treat to watch the video, uh, together. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was going through some of your other stuff here. Um, Calidad or how do you say that? Is that how you say it? Calidad? Yeah. This one, uh, looks like it's totally shot on, uh, yeah. film. I mean, you do have some digital in here, yeah. but, uh, you mentioned in the description that it's the 50D 500T Kodak. Yeah. So um, half of it was shot on Super 8 and then the rest of it, I was kind of getting, um, uh, like little sequences on the A6500. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like yeah, that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Kind of cuts into like reality when yeah, you go to that. Yeah, a little bit. And, but then and the film makes it like a dream world. Yeah, and I really like the colors of film, and I feel like it, it really fit that brand really well. They're kind of they kind of totally. have more of a vintage aesthetic a little bit, dude. Um, so having that film was super clutch. You know what's crazy is like I feel like a lot of people wouldn't understand or appreciate this, but you have the thing that isn't really teachable. Like you just have natural talent. Like when I'm looking at this, it looks like a freaking 
you know, $100,000 commercial. <laughs> um, and you. you have a natural gift because, like, just some of those shots there, like, it looks like a freaking real commercial. Thank you. So you're knocking it out of the park, dude. And I think we're kind of lucky to have you on because, like, this is just the beginning, you know? So Thank really you. cool, man. Yeah, stoked to be here. Uh, I have what? to say, though, the crew, so say, like, either like Alex or the crew on that Cali Dodge shoot were just like amazing. Like they're like, especially that shoot, they like all the, the models on that shoot were just made it so easy and the yeah. producers and everything like, and we but, all, well, what we was had, the crew though? It was just you and two guys or something. So it was me, a photographer and my buddy, Ethan, uh, four models and, uh, three or four, um, like people from the company slash producers kind of, um, and they had all the locations locked in, yeah. all the models locked in. Uh, so it just made it so yeah, easy. But you, to, you edited it, shot it and directed it. Yeah, pretty much. So that like normally in real life, you have a DP with, yeah. with a first AC yeah. with grip and gaff yeah. and a director yeah. and a bunch. Of, so what I'm saying is you have a lot of talent cause this level of work in terms of quality it's supposed to cost over a hundred thousand dollars or more because you have to feed an entire crew and you did have some great actors of course but you shot edited and directed the whole thing so yeah. that's what i'm saying is like that's legit thank you really amazing stuff dude tell me about film like what's your workflow with with shooting on these super eight cameras i mean here's another one bamboo it's literally so easy you'll literally just pop the the cart cartridge in the camera and shoot <laughs> like that's literally <laughs> all it is there's no focus um so on my camera there is no focus it's like a fixed focus which makes it so easy what's the distance um uh, i don't know it's like optimized for i don't know i i, I guess the, the like the, what's the minimum focus i mean you're zooming uh, it's, in it's definitely not super close like the minimum focus is has to be at least like three or four feet which is kind of is it a zoom lens yeah yeah so it has a zoom but no focus weird man. uh it's super weird and i don't know it's just super fun to shoot and so easy like all that stuff so this is like a director's cut like this isn't even what the the company like what the project was about this yeah. is like part of it it's, it's just like little snippets of super yeah eight. i love yeah. it so and but like as far as developing it you know um, converting it to yeah. digital um, just send it into kodak no so there's this i work with a bunch of labs uh in the u.s and canada when i'm back home um the one that i use in the u.s is pro eight millimeter in burbank so super, that's convenient yeah super close so i just mail the film to them and they scan it they do a 2k scan so like a it's like 2200 by like 1440 or something something like that um it's like a 2k scan yeah exactly 1080 yeah and it's it's super clear um does it come out looking like this or is this with a color grade on it i mean you could you could so there's different options uh when you you do the processing like you could um you could ask them to like grade it for you but i just get a log scan so like this is graded but so it comes out looking pretty pretty, pretty flat, washed yeah. out yeah yeah, yeah. just but, like an alexa or something yeah exactly but that's kind of what i want uh, i like being able to like how much does it cost for like a you know a roll yeah so what i love about pro 8 millimeter is they have this package where they do film so they, they they give you the film they do the processing and the scanning for like 90 bucks which is and that gives you about like three and a half minutes of, of footage which is like pretty cheap when you think about it so and when you're doing the surf stuff 
you're never using more than that anyways right three minutes worth yeah yeah because yeah. you're being really uh sparing yeah exactly you're but, just shooting like one way but a shoot time. like this you might have gone through more than three minutes right um Bamboo. i think that was that was that might have been like two rolls or something okay so yeah. you paid 200 bucks yeah, yeah yeah and i hope you made more than 200 bucks oh yeah for the <laughs> project so very cool it seems daunting for people but it's not you just no, have it's to totally have a, so easy you just got to make sure your camera works doesn't have any light leaks or anything yeah uh, the best way to do that is to buy them on ebay and make sure uh it says like tested and working in, yeah. the, in the description and then or go to a local camera store and yeah but that's always more expensive i, I found that um okay. ebay is always the cheapest so just get a camera that works and yeah. work with a lab like if you don't live in live in the u.s there's a in canada there's um like a really good lab i can't remember the name right now uh, but there's a big lab in toronto and i I'm, i've heard there's a bunch in europe too so just find a good lab and you'll, you'll so, get something of quality um you might not I have used this camera before, but I was a huge fan of it. Um, and I did a bunch of shorts on it. The digital Bolex. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I have, but I've never used it. You should, dude. Have you seen footage from it? I have. So so it's very, very organic looking. So how does it work? It, it's like a digital sensor and then they apply like this film. No, no, no. The, it's just a, it's simply a digital camera. But it's an it's got it's actually an analog CCD sensor, which is what a lot of the old cameras uh, used to shoot on, like back in the '90s and stuff. So it has kind of this organic look to it. That's kind of like digital CMOS sensors just do not replicate. Right. And because it's CCD, there's no rolling shutter at all, so you can global just whip. Shutter. Yeah, it's a global shutter, so you just whip hand like crazy. Nice. But for some reason, there is just this color science and the way this thing looks. It just looks so. So it's not a luck that they put on the. No. Oh really? If you just pull it, yeah. So it, it shoots raw. So it's like 2K raw. So you just pull that into Resolve, or I think it would actually work in Premiere now. Yeah, because there's this new update in Premiere that supports ProRes it's RAW. DNG, well, it's DNG RAW. Oh. It's like old. Mm. Uh, the camera was like canceled, you know, years ago. Yeah, I, I saw it because I was I was I looked it up like a couple months ago. Because it's funny you talk about this now. Because I, I looked it up a couple. Months we should ago. do a shoot together. Because yeah. um, I want. So I made a, a short film with my friend Ben Worley. I shot the whole thing on the Bolex. Um, this camera is like probably my f one of my favorite cameras ever. And it has a funny form factor too. It's like yeah, it looks like a it looks like a, looks like a little. Eight. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like you could show up to a shoot with that thing and put vintage C mount lenses on it, and it'll look like a film camera, but it's digital. So I think you have to use this camera. Like it would yeah, be perfect for you. Love so we should it. do a shoot sometime. Yeah. Do you still have one? I'd never owned one. I always rented it, but I actually know the girl that invented the camera. She lives in LA and her name is Elle. And um, she did the whole thing on Kickstarter with a partner, but um, she Wait, still- Wait, so it, was it Bolex that, that started? So no, um, this, look at this whip pan. See how right here, there's, there's just no, mm. it's just global. It's like, looks so nice. I graded this to look just normal. Like I didn't want it to look super retro. Yeah. But like no, I like just, the lighting, just an organic look to it, yeah. you know. So, um, but then you can if you just search D sixteen or digital Bolex on Vimeo, you're just gonna find a bunch of hipster videos, and they right. look amazing. Interesting. Uh, and the way that like it's got a little trigger on it, and you use old vintage C mount lenses, so the lenses add a lot of character to it too. Totally. So when you hold it like that, the screen is on the on the top, so you're kind of looking down at it, like. Mm. So the way that you hold it, the way that you shoot is just super retro and like really nice. And it's got a screen on, like built 
yeah on the mm-hmm. on the camera with like Does it have a viewfinder too uh no but i mean you know you just put one on it like a zakuda or yeah, something yeah yeah but uh yeah we should do a shoot because yeah. like you're the perfect person to do it with because <laughs> your style is perfect for that camera yeah i'd love to so you'd you'd dig it man uh anyways <laughs> total rabbit trail there um so who are the smith brothers and how did you get connected with them um the smith brothers are three brothers from hawaii they're pro surfers uh one of them is actually bodyboarder his name's travis so it's it goes uh alex travis and koa uh smith and they were born on Kauai, and now they live on oahu and i met alex uh when i took six, six months off school I, like i mentioned earlier yeah that was a year ago and so i didn't realize they're all brothers yeah like, all brothers yeah, that's cool yeah um and they so one evening i was randomly like walking down the beach and i saw some people like shooting on the beach with like a like a drone and like a gimbal and stuff and i like went up to them i was like hey like just to say what's up and like see what they were shooting i was just like curious um and alex was there and i just started like talking to him and uh he was like yeah like we should shoot something like tomorrow like we're going on the west side of oahu and stuff and i was like yeah for sure like always down like I'm like I, I literally started traveling. I, I took those six months off just to network and yeah. travel with people. So that's that was like the perfect opportunity. It's perfect. And then I met him that day. The next day we went to the west side and then started hanging out. I met his brothers. Uh, met a bunch of other surfers too. Met John John Florence, Koa Rothman, um, and then we Alex and I probably hung out for like four days and. Uh, after that those four days I had to leave for Australia I, I had this whole like itinerary plan for like the next like six months um, and Alex was like a little bummed because he wanted like shoot, uh, shoot more stuff with me and then the the day before I had to leave he randomly bought a ticket to Australia and came to no Australia way. with me <laughs> after, four days after meeting me uh, so we went to Australia yeah. together uh, for like three weeks nice and then i just kept traveling for like uh two more months and um we linked up here and there and then alex kind of pitched me this idea of like a crazy serve video which was nomad um yeah and yeah and, and then their filmmaker um that they were working with so i they have a youtube channel and th- they just kind of do like uh, like serve videos and vlogs and stuff and they're the filmmaker they were working with uh a couple months ago I guess, I don't know, they, they just kind of um, stopped working with him and uh, they asked me to just go on all these trips with them. No way. And we, Are you going to do it? Yes. I, I, so that was this past summer. So okay, cool. We went to Mexico, um, Indonesia, Namibia, South Africa, just went all over the globe. So I was gone this whole summer for like two and a half months. For their channel? Uh, pretty much, yeah. And just like other projects. Nice. We, we actually shot like a second iteration of nomad in south africa so wow yeah that's legit so <laughs> we're gonna see that soon uh yeah possibly in like november or december heck yeah man it's legit so let's talk about commercial work how you started getting into it um and what you'd recommend to people who are starting out that want to get into commercial work yeah um you know you've worked for uh different brands like ford stetson seeker obviously like we were talking about did these people approach you? Did you approach them? How, how did it work? So for a little bit, I was uh, doing work through an agency. So say like four that was through that agency. But a lot of those clients that are on my website are, are 
clients that either I approached. Um, so say the Kali.video, I saw their Instagram like a few months before shooting uh, that project. Mm -hmm. And I literally just sent them an email. I didn't know anyone in the company. I was like, hey, I love your aesthetic. I would love to shoot for you guys. Uh, let me know if there's like an opportunity uh, that comes in the future. Yeah. And they... Which one are you talking about? The Kali.dot one. The oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they... Because you were just like this... Their, their brand already represented your kind of aesthetic. That yeah, you yeah. I, I guess I have two different aesthetics. Like I, I like the the lifestyle, like shaky, uh, like busy looking, uh, like uh, aesthetic, but I also like the really simplistic nomad style, like um, yeah. vibe, like black and white and all that stuff. It's some, it's a little bit more modern. Yeah. Nomad is more 2019. Yeah. And this is more like Western, like old, like, um, yeah. Night, like, I don't know. It's, it's just two different vibes. Completely. Yeah, totally. So basically that brand uh, paid for my travels and then, um, they brought me on the trip and then I shot a video for them. And then from doing that, I entered this film contest. It was a travel film contest and I sent it to them. So that, that same film sent it to them. And then I actually made the top three for their contest. And, uh, they flew me out to Toronto and I ended up winning that contest. Wow. So just from doing a video for free, I ended up actually winning a film contest. So like mm. you, like, I would definitely say like whenever you see a good opportunity and even if it's, you're not necessarily getting paid and stuff, yeah. like if you're having fun doing it and it might lead to other opportunities, like I, I say, definitely do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So does gear matter to you? Do you, do you care about gear? Um, I mean, it would be hard to say gear doesn't matter because I use you a built, red now. You, I know, but you <laughs> built, you built your career on a cheap camera. Yeah. I mean, 6, if, you, if you're starting out, buying a like a, a mirrorless camera under a thousand dollars is like the best thing you could do like you don't need to buy like a like yeah a three four, what was kind of your first thousand. you had the sigma 18 to 35 um or what were you using for your lenses for nomad for example for nomad i was just i so the main lens i used was a kit lens actually it was a 16 to 50 like just cheap yeah. little lens like do you use autofocus on it um sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like super cheap setup and then i also had like a like a 150 to 600 for the, the land shots from the beach. Yeah. I had a 24 to 105 from Canon. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I feel like, I don't know when you're starting out and just building your portfolio and stuff, you could honestly buy like a, like a basic setup and just like go from there, go from there. Yeah. And then once you find your niche and you have like a solid portfolio, like sure, like invest in like a twenty thousand dollar yeah. camera. Like, well, that's the cool thing is like you built your skill set on the, the cheaper tools, and you're able to create great work. Now imagine how great it would be if you were shooting on a red. Yes. So I guess my my so, whole thought process behind getting the red is, it just makes the whole process easier and gives you like a little bit more leeway in the the uh, post production. And uh, it also allows you to like take your project to the next level a little bit. And like, say you want to do like a premiere, or you want to like have that video like like in a th in the theaters or something. Like you yeah. could do that. Like you you have the the resolution to do that. So like, if you're just making videos on YouTube and Vimeo, like 1080 is fine. 4K is obviously awesome. But like, once you get to like 5K and 6K, like it just gives you that crazy res resolution to like yeah just do cinema types of sure. projects yeah 
Do you feel limited though now having a bigger, heavier setup compared to the tiny little mirrorless setup? No, actually, I, I, I'm, I mean, obviously, being able to travel with a small camera and having everything you need in a backpack is always awesome. But I would actually say I like the the weight of a cinema camera, like say the Red, because um, a lot of times when you shoot with a small mirrorless camera, it's like so light that it, it's like shaking stuff, and that mostly applies to water footage. Um, so when I shot Nomad, I had this little Sony housing and it's so small because the camera obviously is so small. Um, and when you're in the water, like you're literally just holding it like this and it, like your, your wrist is like kind of like shaking stuff. Whereas like the red was in the housing in the water. It's just like floating on the water and it's like heavier and it flows. So it just, it gives it that stabilization. It's like the best way I could describe it is when you shoot on a red in the water, it almost looks like you have an easy rig. Mm -hmm. That's like the same look. Yeah. Um, so, and even like shooting handheld stuff, the, the, the weight, the weight of it. makes the, the motion of the handheld uh, like shakes just more natural. Cause it's not micro jitters. It, exactly, because your hands are so close to the sensor when you're shooting with like a small mirrorless camera that like yeah. any small motion will affect the then like, put it in a cage and add a battery to it. Yeah, I guess you could do a map that. Box and yeah, that. but so th <laughs> that was my thought process. But what I like about the red is just how everything is just in one package. It, yeah, it's, it's all it's clean. Yeah, it's all clean and and it allows you to have different um, just um, setups and yeah. and like you could go from a shoulder rig to like a handheld rig to a water rig and like really quick. And I guess I, I mean we were talking about this earlier. Uh, the Black Magic mm -hmm. cinema cameras, like yeah that's crazy that they could fit a 6k sensor in like a $2,500 camera. Yeah. But what I don't like about that is like how, or, or I guess I look at it from like a, a water cinematographer's perspective and I'm like, how am I going to put this whole rig in a water housing? Like, like the, the camera and the batteries and stuff. And how am I going to like reach the controls and stuff? Like, yeah, I, I guess the only really high quality camera right now that allows me to do that is the red. Like there's not really, I mean, you could go down to like a, like an FS5 and FS7, but if you want, want raw and like 4k slow and everything like in the water, red is kind of the only way. Yeah. And it's kind of the standard too for like surf films or, sure. or any films in general kind of. Yeah. Because, uh, cause you get all those crazy frame rates too, which is yeah. great. Yeah. So, and the raw. Yeah. So yeah. what, what's it like working with actors, uh, who are used to being in front of the camera compared to action sports, you know, athletes and stuff. So, so I guess I, I haven't really worked with actors per se. Like uh, I, so these people in these models, I would say, okay. Yeah. Um, the people in the like bamboo. Yeah. For yeah. Example, and those models. are models from like different agencies and stuff. Uh, your question was how is that different from like shooting people in surfing? Right. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, uh, athletes who For sure. okay. are surfers, you know, they're not actors. Yeah. It's definitely harder because models like they, like they just know what they're doing. Like, they, like yeah. you could literally like just point not, the camera and not say anything, just have the camera up and <laughs> recording and they'll just go. Yeah. They'll do whatever, like, you know what I mean? Whereas like surfers need like a little bit more direction. Like, yeah. um, and they're definitely like not as comfortable in front of the camera. Like having a camera in your face is definitely like a little crazy. Like it's, it's yeah. not the best if you're not used to it, it's just yeah. not really like natural to, to do it. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely like harder, but Which it, you it's, like, it's you don't worth care. it. No, it's yeah. For, it's definitely one or the other. doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I, I did a shoot recently with a model, um, for my YouTube channel and, 
uh, we met you know met the girl she was like really nice really sweet just normal girl and then as soon as we started taking pictures i was like whoa you like turn into a supermodel yeah flip the switch. it's like <laughs> these uh models like they have these faces and poses yep, yep. and it's like when they go into it it's like oh yeah you look like a model but then like when you're not shooting and they're just talking to you it's like oh you're just a normal human <laughs> yeah. it's really interesting yeah. i mean it sounds really dumb but like yeah. um there's such a skill to it Oh, like, 100%. Like, so uh, something that I've noticed is like models just know what kind of faces and poses they need to like do to like look good kind of. Mm-hmm. And that's like a skill. Like it, it is. really is. Because <laughs> yeah. like I couldn't do that. Like I wouldn't know like what side of my face looks better. Yeah. Like, And I don't really know how to direct someone to do that either necessarily. Right. It, it's really hard. Like say you're working kind of going back to like shooting athletes and stuff like you like models will just know what to do in front of the camera camera even if you don't direct them like you could just be like like i don't know walk down the street and they'll be looking at the camera and stuff they'll know what to do but like a surfer like you tell him like walk down the street and he'll just walk down the street and not look at you you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah so exactly. it's i don't know it's definitely like funny so what are your long-term goals uh in the industry um i <laughs> so hard i mean i i really want to be i i have all these different goals i i really want to be able to do like longer stuff which is a little trippy because like most of the things i do is like like short commercials and stuff vignettes yeah yeah but i I definitely want to either work on like a movie or like a short or something like that's definitely like a that's more of like a short-term goal i would say like i i don't like I don't know where Would I'm gonna be, be like long term. Do a surf talk with your friends. No, in Hawaii. yeah, that's like that's something we we're actually planning on doing this winter. Yeah, did you see the Switchfoot one, the Switchfoot documentary? No, it's like on surfing is so good. One my fr- my friend uh, Matt uh, directed it and made it. It's great. Definitely send it to me. I'd love oh, to yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to do stuff that psychs me up and like just gets me like pumped to like to do whatever I do. So whether it's film or whatever, like I, I just want to do something that I'm like, wow, like I made this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and also make something that like people, like other people will enjoy too. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't, I mean, it sounds super cheesy to say, I feel like it's such a uh, millennial thing to say, but I definitely don't like want to work in like a corporate environment kind of, yeah. I, I, I like you that, don't have to. that, that freelance uh, aspect. That's like my main goal. And, um, my dad, it's funny. He works in the health field, mm-hmm. um, and he works in the ER and stuff. But he's actually like, he's almost like a freelance doctor kind of. And I, I've had so many good conversations with him where like he's he's talking about like being freelance and just working like without a boss necessarily, and just like seems so appealing to me. And I mean, yeah. I'm already kind of doing. You this. are doing that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's definitely like one of my goals, just trying to like. Um, build a like a, a business around myself where mm-hmm. I, I could just be my own boss and i mean i definitely want to have like a, a business in the future too like that's just whatever business like could be like clothing or an app or something like i i, I don't necessarily like want to stick to filmmaking which i mean i love filmmaking i, I definitely want to do it for the rest of my life but like yeah i, I definitely want to explore other things too what um advice do you have for other creators that want to just get into this same kind of field yeah um like I said earlier, I think reaching out to brands is like a really, really big thing. Just like most of the work I've I've gone in, like I've been stoked on, was from me reaching out to people. Because yeah. a lot, 
a lot of times brands want to work with like small creators but how can you find like those small creators like there's no real way to like finding them it's not like a create like finding them on craigslist or something you yeah. can't just look that up so they're always on the lookout for people to like shoot with at like a a, a like a, a low rate kind of uh, and for starting out that's like perfect uh, that's yeah. that's what they want so reaching out to people uh, like companies and also just random people on instagram like say you want to shoot surfing just hit up surfers on instagram like just shoot them a dm and be like hey like let's shoot like this week or something the waves are supposed to be good or say you want to shoot a model like hey like i love your work let's shoot this week or something like yeah. that's so like that's going to be so beneficial for you down the road and like just constantly expanding your network and traveling and just putting yourself in situations that like just other people or, or your aspirations like do or like i don't know it's just kind of do what uh, your aspirations do and i feel yeah. like just putting yourself out there will will make you successful hope you guys enjoyed my interview with benoit it was a lot of fun getting to know him and meeting him i think he's going to be an up-and-coming filmmaker and director here in la so it's really exciting to make that connection and to see kind of the beginning stages of his career with his vimeo staff pick again if you haven't seen any of the video portion of this then i would encourage you to go to polarprofilters.com golden hour you can see all the video clips that we talked about in our interview as you're listening to this right now, I am probably at home with my wife, my brand new infant child, Caleb, and my two-year-old Ryan running around trying to juggle all that. So thanks for listening to these pre-recorded episodes of the Golden Hour Podcast. So I guess every episode is pre-recorded and then we post it, but you know what I mean. I'm taking a little bit of a break from social media, from Golden Hour, but we recorded these in advance preparing for that baby. So thank you for your thoughts and uh, your messages and support on my new baby. So yay. Once again, I'm Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast, and we'll see you next week.